Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Rochelle. This podcast started as a space to use my voice, to share my journey of healing, and it's turned into so much more. It's a space about all things emotional, because for me, learning to self-regulate and accept what I was feeling was game-changing. Together, we learn the tools to self-regulate. We talk spirituality, holistic healing, and modalities such as human design and astrology to help you radically trust, love, and accept yourself. I have some amazing guests on here that share their story and share their tools. And this is really just a space to support you in healing mind, body, and soul. So I thank you so much for tuning in and putting yourself first. I appreciate every single one of you. Welcome back to another episode. This week, I talked to Marta Saray Greca, who is a CEO of Media, the Creative Agency, an elite marketing boutique hub that provides an entire team of creative uh, creatives to business leaders with missions to serve the world. Using her signature minimalist method, Marta advises women business owners and entrepreneurs on how they can have the business of their dreams while spending more precious time with their families. Marta has been named Women business leader of the year and her book the minimalist method which we get into in here um, is a number one bestseller with over 10 years of marketing experience marta generates her clients hundreds of thousands of dollars a year she leads with passion and teaches lessons through humor launching her clients and listeners alike into lifelong success her favorite thing to do in the entire world is to be a present mom to her six kids and to be fully present for them her husband and other loved ones um this conversation with marta was so expansive um you know we talked talked about entrepreneurship. We talked about kind of hitting those rock bottoms, you know, how she went from basically being bankrupt, living in her mom's basement um, on the brink of divorce with her husband, with more than one child um, into, you know, leading a six figure business and, um, you know, just everything that goes along with that. So if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a creative or anything. This really is an episode you want to listen to. She gives so many practical tips. She talks about her minimalist method. She talks about how she teaches clients or how she works with clients, um, offers available for you know you to work with her. So yeah, this episode is awesome. Um, it was, yeah, it was just so great talking to her, gaining her insight. Um, and yeah, just talking about all things, entrepreneurship, personal development, all the things I love, emotions, of course, we touch on that. Um, And before we get into the episode, I just want to touch a little bit about like what's kind of going on um, with astrology, because this episode comes out on Thursday, April 28th, I believe. And we have our um, the start of the eclipse season is going to be April 30th. And it is also a new moon. So as you can imagine, the energy is so intense. We are going to be we are in um, Taurus season. So if you are a Taurus um, or have some heavy Taurus energy, like this is really going to be affecting you. Um, I actually had plans for Saturday night that I canceled so that I can um, kind of sit here and do my little meditation, all the like spiritual things to really like tap in and harness this energy of this new moon. Um, It's great for manifestation, all these things like that. Um, And I've been feeling, I don't know, I've really been reflecting on this year for me um, because it's been so interesting. I think like, uh, you know, all these lessons I've learned about emotions and dealing with emotions and detaching from emotions while still feeling emotions, right? I think it's like we try so hard to like grasp onto things, or at least I know I have in the past where it's like I want to be this way and I and I work so hard to get to, get to it. Um, and sometimes we even talk about this episode. Sometimes when you're so focused on this one goal, you're so focused on this manifestation. It's like everything else. It's like you don't even turn around to look at everything else that's kind of like being offered up to you, right? Everything else that's you know divinely being guided to you, you can't even see it because you're just so focused and holding on to this one idea. And, you know, sometimes it feels like that when we're like trying to get over our emotions or trying to manage our emotions, trying to self-regulate our emotions, it can be overwhelming. And I've just had this, this long, long journey of really working to, um, you know, not only self-regulate having those tools, but also being able to detach and observe my emotions. And I really fully feel like this year I've been able to do that. Like, yes, I have had moments where I've been, you know, upset or emotional, but they, I ride through them so much quicker. And it's like all this work I've been doing, like, yes, imposter syndrome still creeps up. You know, I have an undefined ego center. So that's always going to be an element of it, right? These like getting more certificates or like, you know, all these like self-worth things, like, yes, they do come up, but it's like, now going from those triggers to back to myself and back to my my knowing right is so much faster than it used to be i mean i used to sit in that for days or weeks even right like 
just kind of in that space of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And da, da, da. and just re-listening to this specific episode on entrepreneurship and everything, you know, it has been a busy year as well. And I think I haven't, there have been moments where I've kind of like second guessed myself or questioned myself. And I just always have to remind myself that the dedication, the consistency, the showing up and just like allowing things to flow is really, you know, is so much more helpful than clinging and in, you know, like, just almost like suffocating the thing, right? And I think that can happen easily. And it's not to say like, don't do the work um, because the work is really important. Like, again, consistency showing up uh, with a podcast every week, with the blog, you know, all these things, like there are pieces to it, um, but just also allowing myself to flow and have fun with it and just have fun in general in life and kind of just like, it's just been a really interesting dynamic and I'm, I'm still like in this reflection integration like period. Um, I know a lot of it has to do with Jupiter and Pisces, which is in my chart in Jupiter is currently in Pisces as well. Um, and so I know that, you know, that energy is being felt. I've kind of been tired. And I think that's also leading up to this new moon and eclipse and eclipse season. Um, there's just been, um, I feel like I always say heavy energy and, and it, it, it doesn't feel heavy. Uh, I, I Honestly, I had an episode, I recorded an episode with uh, Sarah Cohan. I had an episode with her back in, I believe it was January. I'll link it below. She is amazing. And so we booked, or we had a second podcast interview that is going to be coming out, I believe, in September, something along those lines. But we talk about this fearful avoidant attachment styles because that's what really she focuses on. And and we both have this fearful avoid, avoidant attachment style. And so, but within this conversation, I'm not going to give it all away because we, it's coming out of the podcast, but there was something that she said that really stuck with me that I think about, you know, and it's like fearful avoidance can f- seem to be more emotionally stable when they're not in a relationship or they don't have like, let's say a love interest or something like that. And I don't know. Like I have, I feel like I went through a period where I was really, really wanting, I don't even want to say wanting to be loved, like, but I was really clinging to a specific situation. Um, I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be cared for. I wanted these things so badly. It's it's like, I just like, you know, we're talking about like clinging to something so much when, when it's like reminding yourself that, you know, if it's meant to be, it will be. You don't have to like try so hard if you're confused or if you're trying so hard, it's probably not meant for you. And so like just kind of like, but I did, it took me a long time to like cycle through this. And so it's a combination of, you know, yes, like I'm so aware of my patterns now. I've done a lot of work. I've joined the personal development school, which is all about attachment styles, which has been so helpful in just like recognizing my patterns, recognizing when I'm, you know, because the fearful avoidant kind of goes between anxious and um, dismissive. And so I don't know, it's just been this really interesting thing. And I think I've really like come to terms with it. And I'm trying to be more expressive of myself because that's one thing I always had a complaint with was like, oh, well, you know there's a lack of communication or like somebody doesn't tell me how they feel, but then I have to like stop and flip it on me. And I'm like, but am I doing that? Right? Like, am I sitting here being vulnerable? Am I sitting here communicating my wants, my needs, my desires, um, how I feel? And the truth is like, honestly, I don't that often. And so I'm really working through this conscious effort to actually do that. And, you know, I had a couple episodes on microdosing. I'll link them also in the show notes, but I've had those couple episodes on microdosing. And I think that's been like a huge catalyst for change change this year too is just like actually doing the work right like sitting in meditation or doing a di and then microdosing and then being able to actually rewire these neural pathways has been so helpful and it's been just such a cool journey it has been such uh, just so many like energy so many shifts right and then even on top of that like i think collectively we're going through this massive collective energy shift and i have been you know p- participating in specific programs and learning more about frequency and energy and vibration. And, you know, there are so many layers to vibration and to our reality, right? Like how we can kind of like timeline jump and, you know, get ourselves into a specific vibration. And that in in itself allows us to raise our vibration, right? To like kind of create or, or, or allow us to shift into this different timeline. And it's a whole thing. And I'll have to do a whole episode on it because I'm still like piecing it all together. And but I'm really feeling into it. But I can really tell, like, especially I think a lot of this like Pisces energy, right? Specifically this Jupiter and Pisces like that I've been talking about like all year because it started in December and I believe it ends May 10th. I believe that's the number. I'll have to double check on it or that's the date, May 10th. Um, But yeah, it's just like really this energy has allowed me to really see my shadows, really allowed me to see my shadows and my patterns and my cycles with this 
really deep awareness, but it's also kind of brought about all these other patterns, right? Like um, drinking more than I have done in the last year. And, but I've been learning to find the balance between the two of them, you know, having fun and having the deeply spiritual. And it's been this really interesting um, journey of kind of like coming back to myself and continuing to um, not shame myself, not feel guilty about, you know, if I go out and have a glass of wine or whatever. Um, Cause I think for a long time I really did. And it's still a journey for me. And I still know fully well know that that, alcohol is going to be is not in my future um at whatever point that comes to and I was like kind of like getting down on myself about it and a friend had said to me she's like you know whatever the lesson is in it right now it's it's what you need right it is part of your journey it is part of your lesson um and you know I I truly believe that I will figure it out at the end of the day and 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 I am learning those lessons and it's just been a really cool unfolding this year um but again I will do a whole other episode just kind of on the energy and this vibration and these layers and just I'm piecing it all together in in, in my mind. And and so I will do an episode on that. So uh, keep an eye out for that in the next like month or so. But that is all I have for you. Um, Again, human design sessions are available. You can book them through the link in my bio. And we really just get into, you know, profile, strategy, authority, um, you know, all the things just that will help you make decisions from a more aligned place, help you kind of tap back into yourself, help you just like love yourself, accept yourself, all the things. And I just love having these conversations and really understanding, you know, because I can tell you on paper X, Y, Z, but it's like this, this, this dialogue to understand, you know, seeing where certain people experience it in certain ways. And um, I just, I love having those conversations. I love having those sessions. They truly light me up because every single person is so beautiful and so unique in their own way. And, you know, our experiences really, um, you know, they, it's just, it's, there's so many possibilities and I just, and I love it so much. Um, so human design sessions are available as well as uh, holistic healing sessions, which is really just kind of like looking at everything going on um, from a holistic viewpoint and being able to make these like small changes over time that really make such a lasting powerful difference and just being really honest and again you know human design astrology is weaved in there as well but all of that information is down in the show notes um, I also have a mini transit reading available um, it's just a PDF we just look at the transits uh, that are going on you know with your with your specific chart uh, astrology chart and then yep you just get a little PDF on the energy that you might be feeling that might be coming up um and yes everything is down the show notes uh if this episode resonates with you uh share with a friend rate review subscribe it really does help um and of course just i appreciate you so much for anyone listening thank you so much and here's the episode i am so excited to have partnered with seed probiotics we know this podcast is all about emotions and the state of our gut greatly influences the state of our emotions, our ability to self-regulate. And so it is so important to take care of our gut. It's like having a little mini universe inside of our body, right? When we have good bacteria, it's running efficiently. And when we have bad bacteria, things can get a little misaligned. So seed is incredible. I started taking them around November and within 48 hours, I noticed the difference. Seed has a double capsule. It's a pre and probiotic. So the prebiotic digests in your stomach and the probiotic actually goes to where it's supposed to go to be the most effective, which is your colon. The science behind this is incredible. You can geek out all about it. I honestly love, love, love this product. Like I said, I've been taking it for months. I noticed such a huge difference and I am so excited to be able to bring this to you. If you use the code EMOTIONAL, E-M-O-T-I-O-N-A-L, at checkout, you will get 15% off your first month of the daily symbiotic. That is code EMOTIONAL at checkout. All right, you've heard me talk about Damon here before, but I honestly cannot speak enough about this brand. I have just about every toy that they have in my little um, drawer next to my bed. But honestly, Dame toys can be used solo. They can be used with a partner. The quality is amazing. And my personal favorite is the Arc because you can turn that vibration on or off and it still gets the job done. I have been obsessed with this toy for years. The Air is also one of my favorites. I recently 
recently got their arousal cream and it feels so good. So Dame has been so amazing and given me a code or given you a code um, to get 10% off on dameproducts.com. The code is emotional10. That is E-M-O-T-I-O-N-A-L-10. Um, so put that code in at checkout. Dame is also now in Sephora. So, so easy. You can just pop it in there. Um, but to get that 10% off, head over to the dameproducts.com, pop in emotional10 and get 10% off the ARC or whatever toy you want to try. Um, but I promise, I like I said, I've been using them for years and I'm just so, so excited to bring it to you as well. Uh, you are going to love it. All right, welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I have Marta Saray Greca with me today. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and just let everybody know as much or as little as you like about your story and kind of how you got here. Sure. I uh, My favorite thing about myself is being a mom to five kids. Our six is on the way. We're just seven weeks away. Super excited. Oh, wow. And I was just sharing with you before we even started recording that um, the key to being able to do this and having five to six kids is having coined my signature minimalist method, which there's, I talk a lot about boundaries and standards and um, reactions and how we do have control over our own emotions, right? We can't control what goes on in our lives, but we have control over our own emotions. And we were just talking before we got and started recording about having kids and multiple different personalities. And that could happen in your marriage, in your team, in your clients, in your colleagues. And it's about how you navigate your own emotions that allows you to be the captain of your own ship, right? And that's what I attribute to having gone from on the brink of bankruptcy, divorce, constantly screaming and yelling at my kids and thinking that was the norm of life with being an entrepreneur to now uh, I feel just so much more internal peace. The relationship with my husband and kids has never been so good. And we just recently moved into our vision board home. I'm looking at our little back that was on my vision board and mm-hmm. we've been able to also build our multi six figure and seven figure brands while being present for our five kids. I love that. That's amazing. And I was just saying to you too, it's amazing how much that you are doing, you know, like with five kids, I didn't know that you had five kids and one more on the way. That's amazing. Uh, what was the, what was the shift for you? Was there something specifically, you mean, you know, like you said, on verge of bankruptcy, divorce, like that, you know, is a rock bottom, but what was the thing that like helped you kind of be able to pull yourself out of that? I feel that I'm very spiritual. And so I don't know if what your listeners or what your spiritual language is. Mine is God, the universe, the divine. Mm -hmm. And I do think that it was just divine intervention. There was nobody who came along and said, and shook me and Mm -hmm. said, you work way too damn hard to be this damn broke. Mm -hmm. It just, it honestly was just a feeling that I felt one day and a decision that I made that I was going to stop waiting for my husband to make the money. I was going to stop waiting for somebody to give me the opportunities. And I was going to be my own savior and I was going to figure it out. And of course, then the divine brought guides and books and coaches and mentors into my world that allowed me to um, become this higher version of myself and my husband too. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I, it's like that. What is the saying that when the t- when the student's ready, the teacher will arrive, yeah. will appear. You know, and that's it. Sounds like, and I think I always think that that's going to be like a specific person, but it can be like you said, books and and things like that, and kind of like come into uh, your life at just the perfect time. Um, were you an entrepreneur before this point, or this was like the catalyst for you? No, I, I've been an entrepreneur. We've had our company for ten years, over ten years. Mm-hmm. But I would say that I struggled hardcore. Uh, the struggle was real for a good, at least six, seven years before I had this moment of enough is enough. And I remember that I would have these nights with my girlfriends who were also entrepreneurs and we would drink wine and we'd commiserate about our, you know, clients who wanted to overwork us and undercharge us or people who wanted things for free. And we all would just kind of commiserate, but we didn't give each other any advice on how to get out of it. We just thought that was the norm. So I remember looking at my one friend who was 
at the time my closest and and saying, I'm going to join this mastermind called Problem Solvers. That was just one of the things that I did. And because uh, I'm going to figure this out. I'm, I'm done. I'm done doing it. And she's just like, okay, weirdo. I remember that was her reaction. Like, okay, yeah, if you say so, right? And uh, and it worked out. I would say that 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 particular move wasn't maybe the the end all be all because I think as entrepreneurs when we're in that struggling mode, we kind of will sign up for that program or read that book because the one thing that changes our lives. Mm-hmm. I would say that it was a collection of many things, um, and by doing those things, you are setting that intention forward that you want to make a change both energetically and um, you know within your spiritual self. So. It, mm-hmm. it did work out luckily. Yeah. I re- I resonate so much with that. Like I definitely, uh, I started my like entrepreneurial journey, I guess like two years ago. Um, and I think we all think that it's going to be like overnight, you know, like I've decided now and like tomorrow, now I'm going to have all the clients. Everybody's going to come and want to like be, you know, in this space, but it just, it doesn't happen like that. And so I think like often remembering that, you know, when we see people who are successful, it, it takes, you know, we don't see all the time that it takes to get there. And I think, like you said, with the programs, I was like that. I was like, I'm going to do this program and I'm going to do this program and this and this, because it's going to be the thing that it's just going to like shift everything overnight. And in hindsight, yes, it is a combination of all of those things that has helped in the growth. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's really interesting. That's, it's, it's good to, to hear that, you know, that it's not just like, <laughs> I think sometimes we can feel like so alone in it. Um, but do, uh, I would love if you talked about if you want to talk about your book a little bit more, I, the, in the, I think in the forward, the first like sentence was the first step to becoming a successful entrepreneur is to get rid of everything that's weighing you down. And I was just like, it's so true. Like it's, it, that's such a powerful statement. I will say then I, I kind of will, uh, amend the answer that I gave you to like, what caused you to want to make the change. And I think, uh, subconsciously, this was the starting point was that we had sold our first home, luckily for a very good, we had tons of equity. We we're able to pay off my student loans and have a good down payment for our next home. But in the meantime, we moved into my parents' basement for a good two years with just having had our fifth child. My husband at the time did have a modest income that all of a sudden stopped. And my mother was diagnosed with cancer for the second time in her life. And so it was just a lot. And I'm sure many of the listeners who listen to your show can resonate with this. You go from, there's these, these powerful moments that you go from saying, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I can help you with that. Yeah. I can do that for that discount. Sure. Friends and family discount. I'd be happy to donate my time. I, I believe in the cause. And before you know it, you're in burnout and you can only do that so long. And sometimes it does take this tragedy or this very life-changing event of living in my parents' basement, not having a house for two years because we bought our next next house, which was a disaster. That That's what brought us close to bankruptcy, but it all worked out. And um, my husband losing the contract that did bring in a, a modest pay and having a fifth child and having postpartum and my mom, again, having cancer and me wanting to be there full time for her. It forced me to become a minimalist, right? Physically, we were living in a basement with five kids. So I had to get rid of all our stuff because it was just too much, just even looking at it and had to declutter my schedule so I could be available and present for my mom and my new baby and care for my mental health, my postpartum and for my clients as well, because I had no choice but to make more money. My husband didn't have that income anymore. I had left my full-time position running an ice cream shop um, which is a whole other story. I I had no choice but to become a minimalist, to declutter all the things that weren't serving me or were allowing me to fulfill my purpose that I felt I was put on this earth for. Mm-hmm. So that's why I became a minimalist. And that's why I wrote the book, The Minimalist Method. And it's, it's literally a 90-minute read guide on how you can use metal, minimalism to attract more prosperity. Mm-hmm. And what is, what is your definition of minimalism? Cause I think, you know, some people have like, you know, very definitions of it, but so where, what is the lens that you're coming from? What's funny is that it made it very clear for me when I had, uh, we had a studio and office and, and I would just have a lot of fun, even as a minimalist, I would have a lot of fun 
buying different furniture, different props, different books. And, and my friend teased me actually, as I was writing the book, she, she wrote the foreword and she's like, oh, okay, Miss Minimalist. Right. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm so glad you said this. I need to make that point in the book. Minimalism isn't about having as little as you possibly can. And you walk into your home and there's a rug and that's it. Mm-hmm. which for a while that was my reality because I took minimalism to the extreme. But minimalism is about being intentional of what you allow into your life, into your mind, into your schedule, into your relationships, into your energetic self, and of course, into your physical space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a lot of times what I visualize when I think of minimalism. I like look around my house and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like where the kids leave stuff around and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Cause I, it, but it, it does affect you. I think when you're looking around and you know, I, my, my space is tidy, but then I go out there and the kids have thrown this, that, another thing. And it's like trying to teach them to clean up after themselves. But, um, yeah. So I think that's, that's a good distinction to make. And just from, a I try and be very aware of what I'm putting into my consciousness, TV, yeah. books, social media, uh, music, all those things. I really do think those like have a huge huge effect on our, on our mental state and our emotions. Um, so how, like, as for you as an entrepreneur, this is the emotional mastery podcast. So of course I'm going to ask about emotions, but how do you, what tools have you found to like regulate your emotions? Cause I think part of a, the big, big part of it is being able to set your emotions here and then make decisions here. Do you know what I mean? Like they can become like so overwhelming and consuming like everything. So I guess my question is like, how do you stay grounded within that? you know, to kind of like keep the focus and the vision? Well, there's a self-coaching exercise that you can do. And I, I, I often say this, my first commitment to myself is to my internal peace, right? So say, um, okay, say your husband comes home and this is what I would, I would get blackout mad. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but I would get so angry when my husband would come home late and he's supposed to make dinner. I would get so angry and we'd have these huge fights. And it stemmed from previous stories of me being bullied as a child. And then, you know, it, so anytime that he was not doing the things that I was asking him, I felt immediate disrespect. My ego would kick in. I'd step into a fight, Right. But when I decided that I was going to be first and foremost committed to my internal peace, then that becomes the core of every decision that you make of how you're going to act or react. So do you think that if someone is doing something that you don't like, that if your first reaction is to act out in anger and lash out and say things to them to hurt them so you can win the battle, that that's going to bring you internal peace? The answer is no. Mm -hmm. So then you would assess how do I act then to maintain my internal peace? Well, there's a way to set boundaries and standards without having to go to war for them. There's a way to do it. You know, you have a loving conversation. You ask questions instead of asking like, why would you be so late when I told you X, Y, Z? You can go, Maybe I don't know the whole story. What occurred that could have made you be late? How can we make sure that this doesn't happen again? And staying committed to your internal peace, right? And um, and I, I will have to say that I did invest quite a bit in things like uh, what we realized there was a dietary uh, reason and um a hormonal reason why I was feeling a lot of anxiety at at certain points in my life. Even when I started to hit 10, 20 K months, I would feel this intense anxiety and I I made it my, I was committed to my internal peace. Right. So I discovered that there was something hormonal happening and um, I was able to address it with a holistic health practitioner who was an expert in functional medicine. And then I also was able to uncover a lot of stories. If you follow my social media, you, you I'll share about certain things that happened that really did affect my internal ego and uh, the way that I would react when I would feel taken advantage of. 
And I was able to address those old programming and stories in my brain by uh, investing in hypnotherapy. So I would say with those two things combined, then because you can do a lot of mindset work and you can have all the coaching tools, but sometimes it is physical and medical, and sometimes it is um, mental health. And so it's important to address those things and to seek help by the professionals who can help you with that. Mm -hmm. And how long for you was this process of like unfolding and awareness going from being triggered to having this compassion and acceptance and, and, you know, shift in your perspective? I laugh because I uh, refer to the movie. What is it? Office space. Have you ever seen it? Like he gets hit. In the I, I have seen it. It's been a while, but yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time to, for me too. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you guys haven't seen it, watch it. Cause it's a funny movie, but he gets, it's like one therapy session and then he doesn't give a crap about anything. And he's super <laughs> chill. And I would say that the shift is that big, mm-hmm. but it was like months of hypnotherapy and quite frankly, having to stick to it because when you're in hypnotherapy, you are, your subconscious is involuntarily bringing up certain memories that you purposely blocked out. Mm -hmm. And so it can get very difficult and very emotional, but if you stay committed to your internal peace and keep sticking with it, we were able to, um, essentially tap through it because that's a big part of hypnotherapy. And then the functional medicine, uh, I believe it was like a three month program, but it was, um, it, 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 you, you know, you have to stick with it, right. You have to stay healthy. You have to keep taking the supplements and stuff really long commitment. Mm -hmm. And so how do you stay committed to your internal piece? Is it just, it's just the commitment for you or it was just like, or was there a specific tool that would help you come back to that in times where you may have felt frustrated or, cause I think, yeah, a lot of times we just, we it's, it's, it is that like continually showing up for us every day. And like you said, our subconscious kind of runs the show a lot of the time. So it's like when we're so used to like a specific pattern or way of doing things, it's like, there's always that friction between like what you know you should do, but then what's your ego and your mind is like trying to keep you safe and doing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of talk about shifting your mindset and changing the perspective of how you look at things. Um, and that's a big part of it. Oftentimes what isn't discussed is the first step is when those thoughts, when those emotions come in is to allow them to exist and to give them space to exist because if I was doing before is the thought would come to mind, I'd go, nope, not going to happen. Here's what could happen instead. Feeling would come. Nope. Don't want to feel that way. Go away. I want to feel happy instead. And it would just keep coming back. But when I learned to, um, I use tapping because again, I went through a pretty uh, intense hypnotherapy uh, program, which was awesome. And to allow, so when those thoughts come in to, kind of turn them, observe them in your head. And okay, why is this thought coming up? What previous story of mine could be making my brain come up with this truth of this scenario? Okay. Then now you're ready to shift it, change it, mold it into what could be the more positive aspect to it. And I do joke with my clients because I, I, I will warn them, like they'll send me a message or they're really stressed out. You know, they're this happened with their husband or they did this launch and, or this campaign strategy and they just didn't get the results that they wanted. And you know, that you could, you could feel the angst. Right. And I go, okay, you're going to want to punch me in the face, (laughs) but in this moment, what can you be grateful for? And sometimes and they laugh and they're like, you're right. Can I just get a nap before I shift to that? (laughs) Like, I just need a nap. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, you know, take your nap. But eventually We have to make the choice to be committed to our internal peace and take ourselves out of that victim mode, shame mode, because then there's like, oh, I feel like I feel the feeling of anxiety. And then you're judging yourself of, oh, I thought I worked on this. Why do I feel anxious? Or you have the feeling of depression. Oh, I, my, the feeling of depression. Why does it keep coming back? Oh, right. And that's totally okay to be upset about it allow that to exist, but eventually you need to be committed to your own happiness and peace. Mm -hmm. And you need to want it for yourself and make, and and shift the mindset of how you could look at at it. And sometimes it's just simple as, um, 
oh, you know, a, a client will come and say, I just, I don't understand why I'm just feeling so depressed. And I'm, and I'm like, what's your cycle like? And I'm on my period. I'm like, well, no, no, <laughs> you feel like exactly yeah. like it's your hormonal, you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't undervalue that. Sometimes it's as simple as a it's scientific, you know, let's yeah. look at see how you can work on those hormones. Yeah. I love that. I track the moon just because like right now we're in cancer moon. Right. And so I okay. woke up today and I was feeling a little bit emotional. And so I was like, Hmm. So then I'll always like, kind of like go and just, just check and peek of what's going on. Yeah. So I'm like, that makes sense. Or I'm, I have an IUD, I'm getting it taken out. So I'm like preparing to cycle track because like, I really want to know, like, cause I, I do, I feel like I do still go through the cycle, obviously, even though I don't get my period, but I'm just so unaware of it because I don't yeah. have a period to track like, okay, this day it starts, this day it starts. So it's like, I'll be emotional, but I'm like, is it because I'm supposed to be on my period now? Like, I don't know. So I think that that is a really good tool. Cause I know I haven't like gotten so deep into it, but I know like cycle tracking will also help you with productivity and like when you're best to like rest or when you're best to work out. And I think that's really interesting. It's a good tool to have. Um, it is. It is. We just did it. We had it and again, I, I wanted to celebrate the home we moved in. So I kicked my family out for a weekend. Just kidding. They were happy to go. <laughs> and I invited 10 uh, of my client. I mean, I invited more, but 10 of them ended up purchasing tickets for a full day retreat in my home. And I brought in my functional medicine doctor and she taught them how to make uh, bliss. They're, they're called blissful bites. Mm-hmm. And that was a question that a couple of the ladies had because they're past their cycle. And so they were like, do I still have a cycle? I don't have my period. And she explained that you do, you still have a cycle, whether you have a period or not. And these blissful bites, um, there's one for it. She, she knows the scientific terms, but there's one before, before you have your, you would have your period or wood. And there's a recipe for after, and you're using seeds to, um, balance out your hormones and your seed cycle. Mm -hmm. So if you want that, you know, send me a, an email and I'll. Oh yeah, I'll absolutely. Share. I would love to know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like to your point earlier too, about, um, feeling our emotions and accepting them. Cause like you said, I think we're just so often like, don't feel that or like feeling wrong for it. And I think, uh, it takes like 90 seconds, to, like actually cycle through it. Right. And it's like, it's, it seems like such a small amount of time, but it's something that we just like, don't allow ourselves to actually do. So like at one time, so I have a dear friend who's a business coach and I was what you said about gratitude. I try and journal gratitude every single morning, but I called her this one time I was in a low uh, emotional. I was just like, everything was wrong. And I was just complaining about everything. And she's like, Rochelle, listen to yourself right now. Like you're literally telling me there's nothing to be grateful of. And it was something about that, right? Like having that accountability and having that mindset of just like, listen to yourself, you know? And I was like, oh yeah. Like, and then I just started listing all the things that I was grateful for. And it was just amazing how that, that just that little thing really shifted and was able to like, take me out of that like victim space of like, oh my gosh, everything's happening to me. And even though I, you know, I've done so much work, I know better than that. You know what I mean? Like I, my, I'm so yeah, like tapped in and stuff, but then we all, we have those times and it's just like remembering to come back to that. So yeah, that's really, yeah. I mean, gratefulness will save your life. I, uh, I've been sharing again in my Facebook community, um, that we've had, my mom once again has been diagnosed with cancer and she's had some hemorrhaging. And then my dad had a stroke a few weeks later. And then, um, and then a couple weeks after that, um, first world problem, but I had bought my dream brand new car that I'd waited for literally, I felt like a year for finally came in and, I basically almost totaled it. If it wasn't brand new, it probably would be, uh, it probably would be totaled because of, you know, the value versus what there was, you know, all that good stuff, but airbags deployed everything. And so I I do remember a time when I would look at these scenarios and go, gosh, why me? Why does this keep happening to me? Why is it one thing after the other, you know, but because I'm my internal there, well, here's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that I have the freedom in my business and a supportive husband that I was able to spend days upon days with my parents during this ordeal, even though now we don't live in their basement anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it was a brand new car. So it probably kept us safe in the sliding in the snow and, and the wreck. And, um, and that, um, you know, I have insurance that there's things like Uber Eats and Instacart and hmm. uh, things and, you know, Amazon next day delivery for the week that there was a long waiting list on rental cars. You know, it's, 
like shifting that mindset of what you can be grateful for in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful. And it's just kind of being in that, in the now moment too. you know, bring yourself into the presence of yes. Live in the present moment. Yeah. That's what I always try and tell like clients, friends or anything. I'm like, is there anything you can do right now about it? And most often their answer is no. And I'm just like, okay, you're literally making yourself sick, worrying about something that you have no control over right now. You know? So it's like, what can you do right now? So I always think to myself, if I'm worrying or if I'm stressing, I'm like, is there anything now that I can do? And if not, then I'm, you know, find a, find a tool to cope with the emotions because the emotions are going to be there, you know, and it's, it's being able to kind of like see them. Um, for me, it's, I, I meditate a lot and that's kind of what yeah. helped me. Um, yeah. Having that morning routine, like you shared your, your sounds like your meditation and writing down your gratefulness in the morning. That's everything to ground yourself and to have that uh, steady routine in the morning. Cause then whatever the day throws at you, you still, you still had that consistency when you woke up. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. How important is personal development in just the entrepreneurial space? It's like, you know, the most important thing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, yeah, it it is right. And, um, and, and recognizing that you're always learning. So you might think you're at a space where you're like, I finally did it. I reached my income goal. I have this recognition. I, you know, wrote a book or whatever it might be for you. Um, and so lessons might come your way and you might go, I already know that. I already, I already did that. I've, I've crossed that bridge, but it's consistently being open. And again, don't let that ego run the show uh, consi- and consistently being open to the lessons that could be unveiled before you, whether you feel you know them or not already, like you shared, Rochelle, that you're like, I thought I was past this, mm-hmm. right? That stuff will come up, new level, same devil. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it, I feel that it does. there does come a place where it doesn't need to be as much of a commitment that you're like consistently working on self-development because what I've actually learned is that when I was feeling my acute anxiety and depression, I became so obsessed with it. So obsessed with fixing myself. So obsessed with finding a solution. So obsessed with stop feeling this way that what actually occurred is um, the mentor that I had for this at the time was like, why don't you stop the journaling and the reading and the um, meditation and, da, 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 and all the stuff that you're doing to make yourself feel better for like a month, give yourself a break. And that was the best thing that I could do at the moment. So I would say that you get to a point where you're so successful that um, you don't constantly have to seek the self-development unless that's something that fulfills you. And I I love reading self-development books. I love it. Mm -hmm. So when you took that month off, was it like, I think about manifestation, was it kind of like releasing that kind of just allowed, opened yourself up for things to come in? Yeah. Yep. As, as, uh, as many of you, if you're, if, if your audience isn't a lot of high achievers, maybe mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, I can do this and this and this and this and this to fix myself. I'm going to do that times 10, <laughs> 20 times a day. And I'm going to add this and this and this on top of it. And then you aren't really <laughs> fixing anything. You're just becoming obsessed with solving the problem and you're taking the fun out of it, which is mm-hmm. what I did. I was putting a lot of pressure in addition to feeling the anxiety and the depression. I was then feeling the shame because I couldn't get rid of the anxiety and the depression. Mm -hmm. So it is exactly what you said. It's just releasing and allowing. Um, And I I allowed myself to sleep in. Now I'm back to the routine because I like it. It makes Mm -hmm. me feel good. Yeah. Well, like you said too, you said it takes the fun out of it. And I think that's such an important piece that we just so often forget about, like just to have Mm -hmm. fun. Like, you know, we get like so fixated on the goal and the outcome and which is important to have that, I think, you know, in the back of your mind or, or, you know, in front of you, but then it's like, especially when we're trying to manifest or we're trying to, it's like, we have these like blinders on, right. And it's like, we're not seeing all the actual opportunities that are coming in. Cause we're just like so fixed on this one way to do it. So I think that's a really powerful thing to just kind of like release it sometimes. And I get really fixated on my routine and my structure too. And then I have to remind myself, like, if I'm resisting something, A, what's it telling me? Like, why am I resisting it? Right. But then also it's like having the grace to be like, I don't have to do this today if I don't feel like it, you know, like I can do it tomorrow and just like add something else in that might be fun, whether it's like editing or going out or having dinner, you know, something that can just like kind of light me up at the same time. And then it's amazing 
what like actually happens, what comes in from that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, if you are so obsessed with manifesting, then it's like you aren't believing that it's already there for you. Mm. Right. So if you become obsessed with doing all the things to manifest something, then you're operating in scarcity mode because you don't believe that it'll come to you unless you do this and this and this and this and this and this, but it's the law of attraction. If you want, and if you feel it, and if you're excited about it, and if you have fun in the process, it's bound to come to you. Mm -hmm. It's the law. It's the law. It's a literal law. Yeah. But it's when we become obsessed with it and then have that attachment to the expectations and that desperation for it to happen, that's when we create a block and quite frankly, just not having any fun. Yeah. I'm reading a uh, happy pocket full of money, happy pocket, happy little something like that. Happy pocket full of money. I've not read that. Oh, you haven't. Have he talks a lot about quantum physics, but he, part of his, I'm, I'm like five or six chapters in, but he just talks about like everything is now, right? So all the abundance we're ever going to have, we do have it. We're just not, we don't see it. We're not allowing it in. We're so fixated. And we're just like, so like what you just said, it kind of it made me think about that. It's like, we, we have to stop like chasing it and understand that it's already ours. You know, like we, we don't have to like be so fixed on because I've, I, I've noticed that too, in the past, when I was doing manifestation work, it was like, I would do the vision boards and I would do the meditations and I would do all the things, but it was like, I was holding on to it so much. Cause I thought that was a thing that was going to make me manifest, but it's like, no, just just let it go. And it will, it will come like do the work, but it doesn't have to be yeah. so, so big and, and constant, you know, I yeah. mean, I think it's always running in the background, but it's just like when you're, when that's all you see. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about vision boards. I just made, we made one at the retreat, but what's the difference is like, I stick it on there. I have fun, you know, put on the music, the, uh, maybe I'll do it with friends, the essential oils and, uh, all that good stuff, you know, have my favorite tea or something rather than like, I'm putting it on because it has mm. to happen. Right. And I will tell you, I, my stuff comes true from my vision board. I put a house on a lake. I put, um, there's just, there's so many funny ways that things, reveal themselves. I put mm -hmm. that I wanted TV spots and it was like almost instantaneously. I received a PM mm -hmm. doing a segment on self-care. You want to be the expert? And I was like, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Can yeah. you speak to a little bit about your process with vision boards? Like kind of how. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, for me, it's very simple. I've actually been, I recently was supporting a friend of mine. She had a vision board workshop and I, I love the way she did it too. And it was that um, she led us through some meditations first and we did some journaling and then we did the, um, we did the vision board. But for me, it's quite frankly, just as simple as get a bunch of magazines out markers, uh, have your printer handy. If you can't find what you want in a magazine. And again, be in a space that's full of light makes you happy. For me, that's my bedroom with my, again, view of the lake from my bedroom. And uh, I put on my essential oils that I like. I put on the music that I like. I have my ginger tea ready. And I the self-care experience of collaging and crafting than it is about like something that I have to do because the expert said, this is what's going to help. Mm -hmm. And then it's in my closet. And so you then, don't like put it out. So you don't like look at it every single day or oh, no, like, I, do. Or, I, I go in my closet. It's a walk-in mm, closet. So I go okay. in my closet every day. So as I'm getting ready, I see it. And what's funny is this is a, a, a new house and it's a, so, you know, family comes to visit. It's a pretty big deal. They want to tour the house and they always end up in our walk-in closet and they're looking at the vision board and asking questions about it. And it's funny what people's reactions are to it. Cause some will be like, Oh, that sounds expensive. And I'm like, don't you know, the point of the vision board is I put it on there that I don't worry about how it comes yeah. to me. <laughs> I don't yeah. have to worry about that being expensive. <laughs> That's not my problem. <laughs> yeah. How do you get to that mindset of just kind of throwing it out there and then it is what it is. Just like I honestly, I think it, it it was subconsciously a lot of my upbringing. My dad is a philosopher mm -hmm. and he's always had the jovial it's live in the present moment was one of the mantras we grew up with. Uh, Jesus forsaken was also one, but I don't know about that one. Um, <laughs> and he's just like never worried. And then seeing experiences in my parents' lives that seemed like they were under the world detrimental. And then like some miracle happened and everything was okay. And 
I think it actually does take sometimes worst case scenarios to occur to show you that you'll still be okay. Um, and I, again, in my Facebook community, I recently shared a post when we first, I first hit my 40 K month in revenue. I was obsessed with not losing clients. I was obsessed with being perfect for them. And we had some really high end, this is the highest that I'd charged for packages ever before. And I have a media company. So there's a lot of little details at play and there's contracts, expectations of the return of investment. And, um, I was just obsessed and so afraid of losing these clients. I was doing everything I could. There was no reason why I would lose them, but it was just something that came up. It was mm-hmm. ego driven. It was from old stories. So the universe was like, okay. And I lost $15,000 worth of revenue within 24 hours. I was like, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. And I was like, what you now? Mm-hmm. I built my company up to this point and you feel like a fraud and, and then it was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was honestly yeah. fine. We adjusted, we shifted, we, uh, we, we changed, uh, different things to ensure that that wouldn't happen again. And, um, it was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it takes you allowing the worst thing to happen that your mind thinks is the worst thing to feel like, okay, well that happened and now I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So how do you, so I know you work with, you mentor female entrepreneurs. And so this is kind of like a, a double question, I guess. How do you work with them? And then also if they do have things that come up, like say they don't come from an expansive background, right? Like where money was always tied to things or they're very, very lack mindset. How do you help guide them to like push them past that, to be able to get to a space of just like of abundance? Yeah. So I have two main programs and I've been able to scale again, to 50K months and beyond, plus having the multi-billion dollar, multi-million. See, I'm already thinking ahead. <laughs> multi-million dollar land development company that my that I while I was supporting my family with my brands, my husband built behind the scenes. Um, and that comes two ways. My revenue comes two ways. One is through my visible VIP package, through which I support um already established female entrepreneurs who just don't care about their online marketing. They just want to serve clients, live their lives, make connections, go to speaking engagements. So we handle all of the online marketing for them, which is phenomenal. The amazing results that they get, like selling out an 80K program and bringing in 60K from one of the launches and um, three brand new high-end clients within the second month working with us, going from 10K months to 17K months, just within a couple months of working with us. So they get to their expansion very quickly because we're taking things off their plate that they just don't want to deal with, like writing content and scheduling it out and worrying about insights and hashtags. And guess what? I don't give a shit about that stuff either. So my team takes really good care (laughs) of them. Uh, And then I have what I, the program called Made to Thrive which is for emerging female entrepreneurs. And I literally do that for you. I set you up to ensure, first of all, that you understand that you are made to thrive. There is no ifs and buts about it. You are made to thrive. It is the guarantee. And then I teach you how to set up your business so it is made to thrive, right? And I have a lot of experience with coming from scarcity because I am an immigrant from Italy. When we moved to the United States, my dad was told the job that he thought he had, he no longer had it. Um, There was always talk. My mom couldn't work. She didn't have a green card. She didn't have a visa. She didn't have a car. Um, My dad literally had a heart attack because he was so stressed out. He just brought his five kids to America, left their lives behind in Italy and he had no income. He had no job. And he had five kids and a wife that left her family to follow him and have these horrible kids. Quite frankly, some of us were teenagers and we were terrible. I wasn't there yet, but I got there. Mm-hmm. And um, so I come from scarcity and then, you know, having my first child when I was in college and my husband and I horrible relationship and we were on food stamps and wick and living in my parents' house was the beginning of our journey. And then we ended up back there. Right. So I come from scarcity. So I like to remind them of these stories that if I can do it, 
who was working a full-time job on the brink of divorce, husband who wasn't bringing in income with multiple children, then there's no reason why you can't do it. And I teach them my signature minimalist method so that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Different things come up like they have kids and they don't feel like their kids allow them to work. So I help them through that. Um, we, we teach our marketing method that we apply for the big guns, right? Um, we teach it in a way that they're able to apply it from themselves. And some of them go from joining my program, making $500 a month to completing it and hitting 10 K. Some of them come in because they want to learn the marketing strategies that we teach them, but what they're learning is also the internal piece and rediscovering who they are and what they truly want. Uh, And of course it's all through my signature minimalist method. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's, it's that, I don't know that just that whole piece of our subconscious, I think it's just so important of like what we, how we can reprogram that, how we can rewrite that. And like you said, like you, like your parents coming from Italy, you know, and kind of like with, with five kids, like that's so, do you think like his mindset really had, you know, cause you said before, like him being a philosopher and just kind of like having that viewpoint, like, do you think that was a big piece of him like navigating that? Yeah. Yeah. And now he's written, you know, multiple books about it mm. too. Uh, and sh- he shares the stories of these miracles. Quite frankly, they were miracles that happened in our lives that, um, and also vulnerability community and people that came into our world to help. And um, yeah. And and then through hip- hypnosis, actually through RTT and hypnosis, what I was able to discover is that as the primary breadwinner of a large family, I was associating my reality to the memories of what his reality was. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to tap through that and break through those stories because sometimes our, the feelings that we have of anxiety or of depression, or even sometimes health issues, if you want to go that far are derived from our, from our family, our histories and our ancestors. And so something to look into too. Mm -hmm. Do you have like, as part of your program, do you use any tools like tapping or um, I do. I'm not certified in it. Um, but I, but I do, I, it's something that I don't teach it, but I will share books that helped me that explain mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. So I do find that it's very important for something so, um, sensitive that I don't try to take that on for them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I do have multiple mindset exercises and journals and, um, and we're able to reshift their mindset just through these presentations and through these modules and through these journaling exercises. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I love the, the amazing internal piece and I love getting the messages of like, Oh my gosh, the clarity, the way that you simplified my business. I mean, it, it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Are you familiar with human design? I've heard of it, but no, no. Okay. Not. I was just going to ask if you knew yours or if you knew your like sun, moon and rising in astrology. No, I I'm, I'm all into like, I'll geek out over that stuff, but I don't know it. Oh, about it. (laughs) Yeah. I just like, I, for me through my journey, I've just like, I, yeah, I came from a space of very, uh, just very low self-worth. I could not, I couldn't even tell you what I liked, what I wanted, like all decisions were like always made for me. And that was the way I perceived it. At least like I wasn't so part of my journey. It was like, I felt like I did all of this work and there was just this like, this key piece of like acceptance of just like who I am that just wasn't quite there yet. And so I came upon human design, which is like a synthesis of like five different uh, modalities in, in one. And it was just like, I don't know, just like seeing myself on paper just helped me so much be like, ah, oh, all these things that like I perceived were wrong are just who I am. And so, you know, everybody's different. And, and I think we're all unique, right? Like we all have different tools and things that work for us, but it was just the thing. So I always like to ask people if they know theirs, cause it's just like really interesting. I wonder if that's what I did. I mean, I, I, I to- told you, I geek out over that stuff. Uh-huh. And I had some sort of report given to me that what's funny is that back when it was given to me, I'm like, that's not me. And now I'm <laughs> looking back. I'm like, that's totally me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, it looks like a little, it, it's like the chakra systems. It's just like this little, like, um, not but it was, it was a lunar reading. Yeah. She asked me what is, she asked me what the, the time of birth mm-hmm. and the place of birth. So it's probably not the uh-huh. same. Thing. It might've just, yeah, it might've been astrology then it, if it was, it was like astrology. a lunar reading. Yeah. yeah that makes yeah, sense. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I love to look at that too. Like th- those are two, my two like little, like fun passion things that I always like kind of infuse in sessions and stuff, because I think it's, it is like, you know, especially astrology, when you look into like your Mercury and your Venus, and especially when, you know, where's Capricorn, because Capricorn's all about like work ethic and stuff like that, especially for entrepreneurs and things. I think it's really fascinating to see how that kind of like always plays out in, in reality. It's really interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm so into it. So yeah. into it. I'm not an expert at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, is there anything else that you would like anybody to know or where can they find you? This has been, I think really expansive and just kind of like that piece of, you know, pushing past and, 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 you know, in the entrepreneurial space and, this has been helpful for me. I think it's that mindset and gratitude and all that. It's just always something I'm trying to weave into my everyday so that I can, you know, in times that we do get like low or frustrated with ourselves or when we think we've made no progress, it's just like, no, let's just calm down. <laughs> let's center and really like see it for what it is. But if there's anything else that you would like to let everybody know and just how they can contact you. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said you were talking about human design, which I'm not even that familiar with, but you brought up the very good point of there's certain tendencies about yourself that you might feel ashamed or of, or like you're not as good as other people. Like you really need to improve that. And for me, that that it used to be that I'm not detail oriented, Mm. that uh, I'm big picture and that I ran my business for a long time during those six years of struggles, being the photographer, the videographer, the editor, the graphic designer, developer, and I was terrible at it. Okay. (laughs) I I became good at it because I felt like I have a media company. I need to be good at the stuff. And I had a husband who, again, we were working on our relationship who would make me feel guilty about the fact that I was, I'm just, I just fly by the seat of my pants. Okay. I'm not detail oriented. I don't worry about stuff and I am not into the tech. And I felt so much shame about that because I felt this is who I need to be in order to be successful. I need to work on being better detail oriented. I need to work on planning better. I need to work on my technical skills. And it's like, no, no, just accept, like you said, Rochelle, your human design. Mm-hmm. And embrace it and feel into it. And that's how you're going to get to your next level. That's exactly how. Mm -hmm. So maybe do some journaling about that, who that really is and what your strengths are. And that'll propel you forward. That is for me on a personal level, that's hugely expansive because I am very not detail oriented either. And so I guess I also, yeah, I I'm, I'm just, I'm so passive and I'm, you know, um, but I get very, I do, I do carry shame around that. A lot of times when I think about like running a business and things, I'm like, but I don't like, like all these things. And is it just gonna make me fail? Because I like, I'm not in that sense. So that, that just on a personal level, that was just so helpful. What you just said now of just being like, it is okay. And a lot of what I coach on and what a lot of what I work with in myself is just like that radical, like self-trust, you know, it's like knowing that anything that I feel is okay. Anything that I want to do is okay. And there's no like right or wrong about it because we do label ourselves. We want to put ourselves in a box of being like, well, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing that. And I just have to like stop myself and be like, what do you want to do? Like put all of that aside. And it's just like, what feels good for me? Because it's like, if it feels good, I'm going to be lit up doing it. And if I'm lit up, my energy is going to be put out there and people are going to come to that space because they feel it, you know? So what was that journey like for you of just, have you always trusted yourself? I know I saw that you do a lot of speaking, you know, and was that something that came naturally to you or did you have to like work up to that? No, that's the thing is, is, and this is something that my husband will say, like that he has always appreciated about me is that I just do, right. I just, I'm a doer. I want to do something. I'm a high flyer. I make it happen. I don't, I figure it out along the way. And cause I, I just, you know, you get to, I I think I always have been also to a detriment, right? Because when he's like, I think you should be a photographer. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I'm going (laughs) to figure it out. And then I spent years doing it. And I was like, I don't really like doing this. What am I doing? Right. So it could work to my disadvantage Mm -hmm. too. But I love what you said. And conversely though, as you are accepting yourself, do it in a loving way and don't allow your ego to then have backlash when others don't receive it that well, because I did go through a period where I was, I accepted myself so much, but I still had the programming of the bullying and the stories of people taking advantage of me. So I had an adverse reaction to people's feedback of it, of like, how dare you? This is me, accept Mm -hmm. me for who I am. But so it's conversely is lovingly accept 
yourself for who you are and accept others for who they are as well. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if this is your experience, Rochelle. There are some experiences where I'm like, we're going to do this and it's going to do this. Blah, 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 blah. And then people are like, whoa, 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 wait, what's step A, B, C, D, E, F, G leading up to that? I don't get it. And, you know, you have to be open to like, not everybody's going to have the same human design. That's the beautiful thing about people. Right. And so if somebody has an averse reaction to who you are, to be open and loving and accepting and understanding that's more about them than it is about you. And you have the full freedom to take their feedback. And I do talk about it in one chapter of my book to take their feedback, say, no, thank you. As you say, that's for you. Mm -hmm. Or you have, you do have the freedom to go, is there some validity in what they're saying? Could I improve in this manner Mm -hmm. and learn from it? And that goes back to still always being open to receiving and lessons and, um, and so being in tune with that too, mm-hmm. that would be, yeah, nice. that's, that's been a huge in my journey is like understanding, well, for one, why I'm triggered by other people. And it's usually that fear of judgment of like, oh, well, that makes me wrong. Or, and, you know, I have to, I was a people pleaser for the longest. So for me, yeah. somebody not liking something I do really triggers me and I have to like really come back to myself. But like you said, with that human design piece too, it's like, especially people who I know their chart, I can be like, okay this isn't personal. It's, it's more, you know, it, it is right. We all project on each other, especially people that we're closest to, but being able to be like, okay, you're, this is just how you're designed. And it's not a reflection of me and it doesn't have to be. And it's, it's, it's something I'm still working on. Cause I still get in those moments where I'm just like, ah, like I need you to like me, but then, then right. I can come back and center myself. And for me, meditation is just, I always fall into meditation. If I'm feeling that instead of just like trying to push away or ignore it, I pull it through meditation. I'm like, okay, this is, you're okay. You're safe. You can always come back to, I'm sorry. That was a shit reaction to what mm. just happened, you know, mm. and, and it's, and it's okay. And it's, 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 but it's that difference of harping on it and obsessing over it for a week to like, you meditated for five minutes and then you were done with yes. it. Yes. Yes. So absolutely. So it doesn't, I don't feel like it ever a hundred percent goes away. Yeah. Yeah. That that's good to know. I mean, it's good to know in the sense of just like, you know, cause there are, I think we, we're always like trying to seek this place of like heal, like we're healed. And I don't think we're ever going to be in, in, and especially, you know, like imposter syndrome and things like that. I think of all, in all levels and no matter how successful you are, you're still going to face that. But it's like, is it going to be the thing that, that makes you crumble or are you going to persevere through it? You know, I think that's, that's, it's a, that mindset and dedication and intention, you know, to really work through it and, and not allow it to become you, which it can be right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as where they can find me, where my team's mm. always sharing, if I have a workshop or a freebie or a complimentary resource that could propel you forward, but with your internal peace in mind uh, on my Instagram, which is Marta Saray Greca underscore three six E three sixty TV, because that is the network uh, on which I am a talk show host. So you could check that out as well. Awesome. And I will have all of that in the show notes. So everybody, all the listeners can go down there and click and connect with you and follow you on Instagram. Thank you so much for your time and your energy today and all of your information and wisdom. Uh, just, yeah. Thank you for being here and sharing everything with the listeners. Sure. Looking forward to connecting with you all. Thank you. Yeah. Bye.